The Arkansas courts decided two criminal law cases this week, one from the Arkansas Supreme Court and one from the Court of Appeals. In Evans v. State, 2022, Arc 31, the Arkansas Supreme Court granted a petition for writ of mandamus in a case where there was a trial court delay in ruling on petitions below, which had been pending since March 2020. Justice Baker explained the nature of this extraordinary writ and ruled that Petitioner was entitled to have the petition heard. Quote, Now before this court is Evans' pro se petition for writ of mandamus for extraordinary writ for expedited consideration and or for writ to issue relief. Evans also, by motion, objects to the trial court's actions in the underlying matter and requests that this court adjudicate the merits of the underlying pleadings. We grant the writ of mandamus and deny the request for expedited consideration and writ to issue relief and deny the subsequent motion. The purpose of a writ of mandamus is to enforce an established right or to enforce the performance of a duty. A writ of mandamus will not lie to control or review matters of discretion. Issuance of the writ of mandamus is appropriate only when the duty to be compelled is ministerial and not discretionary. Mandamus will compel a court to act, but will not be used to tell a court how to decide a judicial question. In his petition for writ of mandamus, Evans raises multiple requests for relief. One, the trial court presided over by the Honorable Barry Sims, Circuit Judge, has failed to act on a petition he filed in the trial court in March 2020 in violation of his constitutional rights and argued other points as well. Here, the writ was proper because a litigant is entitled to a ruling. Quote, Contrary to the state's assertion otherwise, mandamus does lie, giving due consideration to the trial court's docket and its ability to control its own docket. The assignment of the underlying matter to another circuit judge does not dispose of the matter and secure any ruling on a petition that has been filed since March 2020. A court does have a ministerial duty to timely act on pleadings filed. End of quote. The petition for writ of mandamus was well taken, and defendant prevailed on it, but as to other arguments, they did not fare well in this appeal. End of decision. In Kirby v. State, 2022, ARC App 71, the Arkansas Court of Appeals considered two revocations of a suspended imposition of sentence and agreed with revocation in one, but not in a second, because the terms and conditions did not provide for restitution and the sentence violated the statutory maximum. The trial court could take judicial notice of the terms, although not introduced in the hearing. Judge Gladwin explained, Erica Kirby appeals the October 22, 2020 revocation of her suspended impositions of sentence by the Crawford County Circuit Court, for which she was sentenced to a total of four years in the Arkansas Department of Correction, with an additional eight-year SIS. She argues that the Circuit Court erred by revoking her probation because, one, the state failed to introduce any evidence of the terms of Kirby's SIS at the revocation hearing, and two, there was insufficient evidence to revoke Kirby's SIS in either of her underlying criminal cases, number 17CR14392 or 17CR18549, because payment of restitution was not a term of either SIS. We affirm in part as modified and reverse and dismiss in part. 
End of quote. The Court of Appeals noted that while the terms and conditions of the SIS were not introduced into evidence, the trial court could take judicial notice of them. Quote, a court may take judicial notice of its own record in the same case file, specifically pleadings upon which it has passed judgment and of those judgments in the particular case then under consideration. The circuit court announced at the outset of the revocation hearing that it was proceeding on the petition to revoke in case numbers 17 CR 14392 and 17 CR 18549. Each of these case files contained a document titled Plea Agreement Conditions for Suspended Sentence, as well as the relevant sentencing order. These respective documents contained in each file outlined the applicable sentence, as well as the terms and conditions for the SIS in that particular case, and each has been signed and acknowledged by Kirby. The record before us reflects that the terms and conditions of Kirby's SIS, including restitution, were discussed by the parties before the circuit court, and the circuit court specifically addressed the concept of judicial notice, stating, I do believe that I can take judicial notice of my own record of prior hearings and documents that were before the court. Accordingly, we hold that the terms and conditions of Kirby's SIS were probably properly before the circuit court. The only evidence presented by the state at the revocation hearing was evidence of non-payment of restitution by Kirby. Although never specifically articulated by the state, it appears that the state's position was that non-payment of restitution was a violation of the terms of Kirby's SIS. The circuit court apparently took that position as well, although it never specified in its ruling what term of Kirby's SIS had been violated. End of quote. In the first case, the appellate court reasoned restitution was contained in the terms and conditions, so the court correctly ruled revocation was proper because defendant did not pay the same. There was a problem, however, in that the trial court imposed too long of a sentence, so the appellate court ordered this correction. Quote, there is an illegal sentence issue that must be corrected as part of our affirming this revocation. Kirby's SIS was revoked on a Class C felony and three Class D felonies. The sentencing range for a Class C felony is three to ten years, and for a Class D felony, no more than six years. Kirby's sentence indicates four years in the ADC and eight years SIS for a total of 12 years. We affirm the revocation in case number 17CR14392 because the payment of $5,000 in restitution in $100 monthly installments is listed in the applicable sentencing order and because the circuit court did not err in finding that the state proved by a preponderance of the evidence that Kirby inexcusably failed to make the court-ordered restitution payments. We hereby modify the sentencing order to reflect four years in the ADC with an additional six years SIS in order to satisfy the limitations of Section 54401. End of quote. In the second case, the result differed. Quote, the document in the record that purports to set forth the terms and conditions of Kirby's SIS in Case 17 CR 18549 is titled Plea Agreement Conditions for Suspended Sentence, and page 1 of this document details the agreed sentence. In what purports to be the financial section of the document, where any amounts of fines, court costs, or restitution would be set forth, no payments are ordered as a part of the sentence. 
The document specifically states waived after the section that denotes fine and court costs. The document then goes on to provide information about making payments, but clearly indicates that the information is applicable only if payments were ordered. Page 2 of this document sets out the conditions of the SIS to be imposed on Kirby, but the regular payment of restitution is not therein enumerated. End of quote. Here, the state agreed that the revocation in number 17 CR 18549 should be reversed. The Court of Appeals did as well. Quote, the conditions of SIS signed by Kirby in case number 17 CR 18549 do not provide for restitution to be paid. In keeping with the lack of ordered restitution in the case, the payment ledger sheet introduced as State's Exhibit 1 reflects only that she owes restitution in case number 17 CR 14392. Because restitution never was ordered in case number 17 CR 18549, the revocation in that case is reversed and dismissed. End of quote. End of decision.